I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. I'm Steph Driver, and I'm joined by Dan Rice from The Hockey Writers. How are you today, Dan? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. Excellent. You are one of my longest internet friends, so I'm glad that we're finally able to connect face-to-face, even if it is just still over the internet. One step at a time. One step at a time. (laughs) So I need to just jump right in about tomorrow's game with the New Jersey Devils and say, that the Devils are my most hated franchise. They ruined my childhood. And I hate them more than the Pittsburgh Penguins. That being said, going into this season, I told everybody, watch out for the Devils because they are a much improved team and they're going to surprise you. And everyone said, no, no, no. And here we are. So they came out on fire the first half of the season. I believe they've cooled off a little bit, but wanted to get your impressions. What what did you think going into the season, and what are you looking at for the second half? Uh, I definitely didn't expect them to be where they are now. That that's for sure. I, I kind of expected them to be in that uh, mix with the the teams all all jumbled together with the wild cards, maybe battling for that. But that was only if everything really broke the right way. I mean, even as training camp went on, there were a lot of guys we didn't expect were going to be ended up being on the team that, that made the team. Um, and then, you know, they started off a little slow and then they, they, they didn't really let losses string together. It was always picking up points or uh, stringing a couple of wins together. And that was a big problem last year. Um, and now uh, it's, it's interesting to see how they've been able to, to, you know, cause it's not a surprise anymore. We're, 40 games into the season there's you know there's no sneaking up on anybody people pay attention they know the standings they know you know where teams are and um they've been able to beat some really good teams they you know provide some hope because a lot of the younger players are contributing um but uh, the last five games i think it was they didn't they didn't win one game uh they picked up a couple of points um and they got a shootout loss in the the last game right before the, the the bye week um, so that's, they, I'm sure they're itching to get back out there tomorrow. And, and, uh, um, I'm curious to see how that all unfolds with everybody coming off the bye week at the same time and, and playing each other, which I think they changed from last year. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, this as well as I do historically flyers devils games have been pretty boring and pretty, pretty low scoring. Yeah, low event. The last couple of years. Yeah. It's, it's been, uh, uh, not the prettiest hockey. <laughs> something you want to like file away as like this is the right way to play hockey kind of games um but i I think i think everybody in the league is kind of trending towards that youth and and speed um and the flyers have a little bit of that and the devils are starting to move into that category with uh, drafting a little bit better over the last couple of years and a couple of savvy moves here and there so we'll, we'll see what unfolds Yeah. So I sent you, before we talked, I sent you five names of guys that I want to talk about. And we need, first, we need to talk about the battle of the 2017 
number two, number one, number two picks. So Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick. Tell me about the season that Nico's having. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this every time they play for the every next, single time. Uh, <laughs> 14 or 15 years, hopefully. I think that we'd be all okay with that. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been better than I expected, and I think I was on your show before the draft, and I yeah. thought the Devils were going to take Nolan Patrick. Um, I thought that was the safer bet, the the not outside the box kind of pick, and and um, I was as shocked as anybody. I was in Chicago. I was I was there. Oh, uh, really? I, I was on I was on the the floor, you know, uh, going to go, go interview these kids, and and I'm like, wow, this, that's who they really picked. <laughs> like, um, but it, it's worked out really good. Um, I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago about how he's been playing with Taylor Hall on pretty much since day one, and. Um, they kind of complement each other really well, and it's kind of helped Nico adjust to the the rigors of an NHL schedule, the day in day out uh, regimen. And, and um, I, I wrote, I want to keep them together forever. I mean, you know, and and I, and I kind of posed the question to the coach like that after one of the games, and he was like, Well, I don't know about like forever, but you know, for <laughs> for now, they're they're all right together, and and. Um, they've really helped one another, and, and I think and Taylor knows what Nico's going through being a former number one overall pick, uh, so they have that. And and um, you know, I think before the season, I said it, it, he should maybe put up about forty points, and I think he's at like twenty six, and that that's a little bit more than I expected through forty one games he's played in every game. And that's that's the one thing, and and it's not just the the offensive part of it. It's you see him coming back and blocking shots or hustling back to break up a play on defense. Um, Taylor got uh, clipped a couple of times by some bigger guys. I think one game was definitely L.A. and uh, Nico was one of the first guys over there to, to stand up for his teammate. And that's for a kid that's eighteen. He just turned nineteen this past week. I think uh, that's that's pretty phenomenal, and and it gives everybody hope that you know they they made the right choice and this is the right kid. And um, and he, he's been uh, and just talking to him a little bit. He, he's very uh, soft spoken, if you will. Uh, very respectable. You know, understands that after he does the regular media requirements, there's always going to be a, a German or a Swiss reporter to talk to him as well in his own native tongue. And, and so he, it's not just like the normal every day, day in, day out for a regular rookie, I guess. Um, he's, he's been great. And I'm looking forward to see how he can hold up now over the last 41 games where now every game is going to be like a playoff game, especially the way the division is, is so tight. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see. And he's definitely having, I don't think that it's it's a surprise to anyone to hear me say this, but he's definitely having the better season out of the two of them. Next year, we'll see. But yeah, and 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 that's you know, these are kids. Like you know, they they're not even twenty twenty one yet. Some of them, you know, you have to give them a little bit of time to develop. And and um, we see cases all over the league, and and you see some of the college kids when they come in, they're a little bit more polished, but they're also a little bit older too, yeah. especially if they stayed the four years. So uh, it, it'll be fun to see them evolve and grow together over the next like i said hopefully 14 15 years <laughs> in, in each of our cities that, that'd be kind of neat yeah that'd be really great so you also mentioned taylor hall who praise be to the gods that he got out of edmonton um <laughs> so he dude. seems pretty happy about it too tell me about yeah. tell me about taylor and what we should expect to see from him um more of the same i mean he's when he's going he really you you really can see why he was uh, number one overall pick why he's regarded as such a talent and um it's not just the, again it's not just the the goals and the assists i always 
you know, I didn't, I, I watched some Edmonton games over the years, but not like focus on them all the time. I just always kind of thought of him as a goal scorer. Um, but his passing is phenomenal. And especially with Nico um, and Jesper Brad on the other side of that line, it, they really had some nice passing plays and, and things like that. And um, uh, I've liked uh, just Taylor's leadership. You know, he wears an A every now and then, but um, he, he's, he's done it all. And the team seems to feed off that. Like when he makes a big play, the, the crowd gets energized. You see the bench get energized, the guys on the ice, uh, and he's, he's really carried them in a few games. Uh, one game that really comes to mind, he had four assists versus Ottawa in a wild game. Like that's, you know, not what I expected when they originally made the trade, but now watching him game in and game out, that's, that's the type of player he is. And, um, he's a point of game player, basically, if he's healthy and, and he has some, some decent line mates that can keep up with him because he's pretty fast. Excellent. So the, the next, the next group, I'm just going to bundle together. Mm -hmm. So I've got Miles Wood, um, Jesper Bratt and the defenseman, Will Butcher, um, who Will Butcher's from around here, right? I think he's a local to the Philly area and people were really upset that the Flyers didn't pick him up. And I know, so I've got Miles Wood and Jesper Brown on, on two different fantasy teams. I don't have Will Butcher on any of them, but I know that they started out the season in, in a really unexpected way. It looked positively unexpected. Um, I don't know how they've been doing recently, but I know that I was definitely paying attention. Where did these guys come from? Were they supposed to perform this way or they just completely flew under the radar? What happened there? Um, Brat, absolutely 100%. Uh, under the radar for uh, Miles Wood. He was here a little bit last year, so we kind of knew what what he was about. And his game is everything is fast. He's he seems like he's always going a thousand miles an hour. And sometimes like he's a little too fast. Where he's going so fast, and then the puck eludes him, or or it it fumbles away from him because he's he's it's, or he trips over his own feet. That's happened a couple of times. Um, but he's an energy guy. He, he's, I don't think he tops out as more than a, a third or fourth line guy, but he, okay. he's one of them energy guys where you, you put him on the ice and he's going to, he's going to throw his body around. He's going to stick up for teammates. Uh, he's going to drive to the net pretty hard. Um, and, and that's where he's found a lot of his success and Brat, I mean, a sixth round pick, um, you know, we didn't know much about him coming into the season. He had a pretty good development camp. Um, and then the, the prospect tournament that they had in Buffalo, the, the one game I went to, they scored one goal and he scored. Um, so that was a little bit notable, at least in my eyes. Um, but I, I did the, you know, the game before they scored five goals. So, but I wasn't there. So right, right. So it doesn't matter. Like that. But, um, you know, and, and he's been, he's one of them guys where we were surprised that he made the team coming out of, uh, the, the preseason a lot more than Miles Wood and uh, he's been on the top line almost since the first couple of games. He's uh, he's fit in pretty nice with Nico and, and Hall and, and he's only missed one game too. And that was cause he, he had a um, uh, bone bruise on his foot from blocking a shot. So Ooh. that that's, that's tough to take. And, and Wood was a healthy scratch the first game and he had the, they, they, you know, they introduced everybody on opening night and he was on the bench in the suit and they introduced him and he had like, he put his arm up and waved and he had like this really pouty face on, on. Oh. you could tell he was disappointed. Yeah. And uh, I spoke to him about this about a month ago and, and he said, uh, yeah, absolutely. I used it as motivation. Like you don't ever want to be not playing and especially on opening night, like it's almost like a, 
a blow to your character or, or your, your pride, your ego. Um, and he's been pretty good throughout. And, and Butcher has been really good um, to, to – uh, did you want me to stop there? And, no, and keep going. Butcher. Okay. Uh, Butcher, uh, a smallish defenseman for today's kind of game. He's five foot ten. Um, and he's provided a little bit of offense more so early on than lately, uh, where he's really tailed off in that part, but he hasn't taken, uh, he has two penalties the whole season. Wow. And as a small defenseman battling against these behemoths night in and night out, six foot That's three, impressive. six foot four guys. Um, and his last penalty, I think it was uh, November 1st or something like that. So it, that's going back a long time now. They shelter him a little bit. He's third pair most of the time, power play. I don't think he kills many penalties. Um, so he's he's limited in, in that way. But they're letting him just kind of grow and adjust to the, the speed and the, and the flow of the NHL game. And, and he's learned to not, you know, you're not going to win those battles in the corner. So you, maybe you have to take a different angle. Uh, you have to outthink guys, basically, instead of outmuscle them uh, to get pucks in corners and stuff like that. And uh, he's, he's been really, really good. And, and it's exactly what they needed on their blue line because they've they have some really bad defense the last four or five years. And um, there's not too many guys in the minor leagues where if somebody gets hurt, they can call up an adequate replacement uh, on the defense. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why he made the team. That sounds about right. Um, so what do people on the opposite side of the state feel about the Philadelphia Flyers? Um, you know, they're rivals, but I don't think they're rivals like, like, uh, the fans here have the rivalry with the, the Rangers. Um, I think their fans more so than anything, the Ranger fans, uh, they annoy and, and really get under the skin of Devils fans more than anything I've ever seen. Like they're doing chants when the Rangers aren't even there, like, you know, those kind of things. And it's like, you know, I've been to quite a few games over the pretty much my whole life. And, and, these chants go have gone on the entire time. It's like not even, you know you're playing the San Jose Sharks and you're doing a Rangers <laughs> suck the Rangers suck chant, you know. Like and it's like what 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 are we even doing right now? Like, um, but the, I think the Flyers rivalry. I think it's it's fun. Um, you know they are a little bit further apart than the Rangers and the Islanders, but they have their own unique rivalry because. Um, they've played in the playoffs a couple of times in, in both of our lifetimes, yeah. and I think that that carries forward through generations. If you remember it, um, I barely remember the devils playing the Islanders in a playoff game. And so when they come to town, it's just like, ah, oh, you know, it's the Islanders. Like uh, most fans will probably say, you know, their fans have been obnoxious and annoying the last couple of years because the Islanders have been good the last couple of years or better than they were. Like, um, but I, I think Philly is, is because you get a lot of uh, people that are, uh, in, in that area that they're, they're mostly fans of the flyers and the Phillies and the Eagles. And so then, you know, the, De the devil's fans also like some of the other teams that are rivals. And, and I think for the most part, everybody has fun with it. I mean, it, um, I don't think it's too as bad as the, the Rangers where when, when they're around, like you see a lot more fights and yeah. uh, you hear a lot more people, uh, chanting, you know, a-hole, a-hole at, at somebody and stuff like that. So it's just – and then, you know, even afterwards, like um, after the game's over, there's a couple of bars right next to the, the rink, and they're packed with Rangers and Devils fans, and, and everybody kind of coexists, but there's just this weird tension. Um, but when the Flyers fans are there, and, and I know a lot of Flyer fans 
you know, personally and impersonally like we do. Right. Um, you know, I think it's it's more fun fun based uh, than uh, like I hate you and I want to you know drag you outside and beat you up or something like that, or I want to throw a beer on you. Or <laughs> with, with the Rangers, that's it. Seems like that's more like what I see from from my vantage point, anyway. That makes sense. Yeah, all of all of my frustration is definitely towards the team and not at all towards the fans. Right. And that, and that's some people who cited that, you know, obviously as we all know, people get beer muscles and oh, yeah. uh, and and uh, uh, they get loud mouths when they when they consume beverages and stuff like that. So, you know, you have to know what to expect, I guess, and and um, just don't be a jerk off like <laughs> as as a refined Philadelphia Flyers fan. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> so, what do we what do we expect from the afternoon game after the the bye week is nonsense tomorrow? What are we expecting to see? Is it really an afternoon game? Oh no, it's at seven o'clock. I, I thought it was at one. Hold on. No, I think next week in in Philly is at one. Hmm. Otherwise, I. I I, oh yeah, you're right. It's at seven o'clock. Like, there I have are to, like, three. Really there are ready? three Flyers Devils games in the next month, and we haven't. Yeah, seen and we haven't played three. at all. And that's you know, I thought that was weird that they didn't play the first three months, and here we had the the first and second overall picks, and and we haven't. Yeah. You know, you're like, are they ever going to play each other? Like, what is this happening? Oh, um, see, all right. Well, that changes my entire day for tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, it's at seven o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, do I have to get up earlier to, to get ready? Because <laughs> I go a couple of hours early, you know. I'm like, I thought it was going to be the afternoon. Well, that was um, me. I screwed up. You're right, though. The weekend after, it is. It's one o'clock in Philly, one right? One o'clock. Yeah. yeah. You guys like those those early Saturday afternoon games? We don't. We don't like them. No, I mean the the team likes holding them more. Or, or yeah. having, uh It seemed very common. I I enjoy it because. Especially now, this time of year, there's nothing on TV on Saturday afternoons, and especially early on when you're kind of just recovering or, or yeah. waking up from the night before, and you're like, "Oh, cool! There's an afternoon hockey game coming on in an hour or whatever. I'll go get some food, sit down, relax." Um, but now tomorrow night, um, I, guess, I think we said in the beginning they're both coming off bye week, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out and. Um, are they, is it going to be sloppy? Are they going to be really energized? Are they going to be too energized? Um, how are the goalies going to look? Um, you know, that, that's a big question mark too because um, unless they're training and, and facing shots on their own, they haven't faced any shots until today when they practiced. So um, that, that'll that be the, the most interesting aspect for me. And, um, and the Devils are, are pretty desperate for a win. Like I said, they've lost five straight uh, or winless in five straight. They have points here and there um and some of the other teams columbus and washington have, have gained some points and uh, carolina as well but, but they've all played a, a few more games and that's that's one of the feathers in the devil's cap right now is they've only played 41 games and everybody else has played at least 41 i think in the conference except for maybe one other team and um so they have some some points to make up but they have the games in hand so but those games only mean anything if you win. Like it, if you lose, the games in hand don't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Yep. So it, it depends on, and we have a lot oh, of games, uh, against Philly. We have four games against Philly, uh, four games, uh, three games against the Islanders. I don't think they've played Pittsburgh either. So it's four games against them. So it's um, probably a lot of three point games because that's how these things always end up 
when you get down to this time of season, it's every night Metro Division is going to be three point games. Uh, and, and I that, think I think for for all of the teams, we all haven't played each other like at all. So yeah, yeah. I, I, we we've played we've played Pittsburgh once, maybe twice. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I think it's just the once. Um, no, it, I lied. It's been twice. We played the mm -hmm. Capitals once or twice. Uh, haven't played the Devils yet. I don't think we've played the Rangers yet. I don't think we've played. I don't yeah, think we've played the Carolina. Right? It's been nuts. Yeah. So anyway, tell everyone where they can find you, Dan. Uh, you can find me right here. No, uh, <laughs> you can find me on the hockeywriters.com. Uh, I do a lot of features on the Devils, um, uh, mostly on the Devils, uh, some on the NWHL and, and some on other teams when they come into town. If, if I have time to talk to those players uh, on the Twitter, you can find me at DR Diablo THW. And, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Thanks for having me on. I really like this. This is oh, fun. Thank you so much for joining me, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon before the end of the season. Sure, absolutely. Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phillies podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to The Good Fight podcast feed.